The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. All right, settle down, people. We've got a lot to cover, and time is short. And it's doggy style. I've got another puzzle for you. Oompa loompa doompa da dee. If you are wise, you'll listen to gas man. How the hell do they know that I got gas? A giant hairy creature, part ape, part man. Man, you got to check it out. It'll boogie woogie on your brain. on me for making this song. Got gas on your mind. Some people have said that you're retarded, not me. Sat down on the rings with the long hot summers and the cold winter days. Trucks so big, never been to Texas, but that's how we live. That's right. We got rich families in the suburbs with kids that wanna be ghetto gangsters. It's alright with me, cause it's my town. Yes, it is. Said it's my town, right here. Said maybe, and if you really don't understand that love is love, and I got love for my land. It's sad town, said it's my town. Sad town, said it's my town. Sad On the street, just back food. It's alright. It's alright with me. And then the chicks are fine. Some are great. I'd take a Sacktown chick over any state. I would. Maybe except for uh, Hawaii. And there's a whole lot of cities that make one whole. No matter what part you're from, you're still from Sacramento.
North Highlands and Del Paso Heights. We got Orangeville, Fair Oaks, Rancho Cordoba, and Elk Grove. We got uh, West Sac, North Sac, South Sac, and all the rest of the Sacs. We got the, the River Cats, the Monarchs, and them Sacramento Kings, baby. Huh. It ain't number love here, you know what I'm saying? Sacktown, born to raise with the birdcage wall and the hurricane. Citrus Heights cops for those who don't know. And there's racists over here, but many races too. All mixing together like some hot gumbo was too. You know what I mean? I know you do. And then it just don't matter what confusion here. Cause if you're local sacrament and everything is clear. And all your business been tearing up the land. So we're going on this place to get some kind of a brand new Japan. This is my town. Yes, it is. This is my town. Right here. And I said, maybe, if you really don't understand. And I love and love and I got love for my land. <laughs> we can hear you. We can hear that song too. Sacktown is the tune. What is responsible for making that song sound so good right here? That's what W U T. Check it out uh, when you can. And right now you're going global with gas, man. <laughs> yeah, he's got and also, I was just left Sacramento. Yeah, that's, I, I was there last week. Yeah, you were, you were mentioning that. That's it's awesome. Pretty, it's pretty dope town, man. Yeah, I, I, don't, I think I was there when I was maybe nine or ten. Either way, our family, because I grew up in, in Los Angeles area, we did the California tour, uh-huh. and we went up through Sacramento, you know, uh, San Francisco, and stuff like that. But Dude, I mean, it's it's a cool town, man. Especially downtown Sac, it, it, it it's got like an old west feel to it. Does yeah, it? Growing yeah. up, I used to go there um, in uh, for like school trips because I grew up in the the Monterey Bay. And they have like the old railroad railroad museums and the yeah. state capital, and so that's the trip you make as a kid, you know, to learn stuff. You know, it's crazy because I'm in about 35 cities a year, right? Okay, and the stuff that goes that the, the things that are in this country alone are amazing. I mean, I'm just, it's, it's nothing really compared to Europe in a sense because you know age wise, right? But the history in America and some of the, the the landmarks and stuff is really really cool. Man. It is neat, isn't it? Yeah, every every little city brings something. I, I agree with you. I, by, by the way, that's the voice of comedian Brett Ernst. He's in town and here in Phoenix, <laughs> Arizona. He didn't even introduce me. You jumped right on it, man. You didn't give me time yet. <laughs> <laughs> he's playing over at playing. He's performing over at the. Yeah, I guess it's playing. Yeah, yeah. You're, play, <laughs> you're up over at the House of Comedy up in North Phoenix this weekend, man. You've already done a couple shows, and you got some tonight as well, tomorrow night, and uh, we'll discuss all about that. We got a great show tonight. I'm really looking forward to this, uh, Carl, because uh, for the next couple hours, uh, you know, we're going to be talking, of course, um, with Brett Ernst about his comedy. We'll talk about. Um, what it's like to be, I guess, for him, an American here in this country, because we're talking about the, being a libertarian, uh, conservative, or a liberal. Um, Brett, you kind of classify yourself as a, as a libertarian. 
Uh, I mean, you know, I think that's the term that people are using now that are fed up with both sides. Right. You know, and also, you know, if you're if you're in the middle type of guy, uh, which most people are. Um, I think so, too. I think you're right, man. You know, you're going to lean, I guess, to the right or left on certain issues. But on a whole, I think that, you know, it, it's it's just simple stuff, man. It's well, ba- basic, basic rights, man. Yeah, you know, you know well, you, you travel around the country, you know, talk about Sacramento. And, you know, with that song, you know, kind of exemplifies pretty much every city, I would imagine. Yeah. You know, and since every city has the same kind of thing, the same vibe, the same kind of cluster of people, if you will, everyone kind of gathers. We were talking about this before the show, is like how the, it's human nature to gather in a group. Yeah, everybody like loves so, the group. So when you're going around the country in different cities here and there, I mean, mm-hmm. what are you finding as far as you're saying everyone's kind of in the middle mind thinking wise? Uh, yeah, is that really like, what you're you know, getting? Here's what happens, man. People, you know what a straw man argument is? No, no, I don't. A straw man argument would be like I, I'm telling you a story, and then I'm creating an opposing argument to make myself look right. Okay. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think sides, uh, political groups create create straw man characters, caricatures of groups of people. Right. For instance, like you always hear in Hollywood, well, like they don't. Whenever they're talking about shows, we got to make sure they get it in the Midwest. Like they they've created this area where people. Are like I don't get I don't get yeah. anything. I'm from the Midwest, right. but when you're in the Midwest, you realize these are some of the smartest people in the country. Right. They're onto it. They know. Yeah, it's of up. course. Right. right. Of course they are. Right. You know, and I I wrote a joke one time. Um, I was working on a pilot years ago, and I'm not going to name a specific network or whatever, but it was uh, it, we we referenced a Prius, and uh, the note back was. Well, they don't know what a Prius is in the Midwest. Really? And I'm like, they build them <laughs> there. <laughs> you idiot. But now this is a person that's born and raised in L.A. Right. You know? Right. So the, the so point, they have their own bubbles in L.A. as they do in the Midwest. Absolutely. Though, you know what I mean? But the reality is most people are on the same page. You know, right. I'll be honest with you. I don't even think we need Congress anymore. <laughs> because if you think about it, when it was created, it was representations of groups of people that couldn't get anywhere. Right. Like, if we just let people vote on these issues. Right, like, I agree with that. Like, I think pot would be legal. Gay yeah. marriage would be legal. If we're you leaving, I mean? we'll say instead of leaving it in the hands of antiquated-minded thinking people well, who are just so segregated in their own minds that they feel like that's what's best well, for everybody else to live by. The, well, yeah, who have that influence. Well, yeah. Well, the idea back in the day was that not everybody could be represented, right. so of every voice couldn't be heard. So they elected one person that represented a group of people to speak for that group of people. Right. But we don't need that shit anymore. <laughs> we don't. We don't. I agree with you. I, I can curse, I, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I curse. I, no, I, I totally agree with you. I, I, I've been thinking about that as well. I think you're right. I mean, I, it's, I, it's, it's overwhelmingly amount of people support yeah. gay marriage. Well, why, why put it to the, the, the vote of, you know, elite white men who are telling everyone else how to live when everyone else can just well, vote wait, about wait, I don't know what elite white men mean. Like, like what the do you Congress, mean? the Senate, all the people who have just been born with money, who just don't don't get what the rest of American civilization's like. I guess right. You know, they're so out of touch. Although Maxine Waters, there's there's, there's a few, of course. I mean, there's I, a bu- I, they're I generalize. All, they're all yes. yeah, they're all I like mean, that. Well, as George Carlin said, they didn't drop out of the sky. They came from neighborhoods like yours and mine, and we voted them in. I mean, that's where these people uh, come yeah, from. Yeah, but I think they I think they're all made in a factory. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I mean, listen, there is some good. There are some good representatives right. out there. Um, you know, but at the same time, it, it, it just seems like these, these two parties, their, their goal 
is to let the other lose. Mm. Uh, they're not rooting. Like, y- don't you want your president to be the best president ever right. and the one after them to right. be better than him? Right. But here's the hypocrisy, though. You know, a, a lot of the shit that's being thrown about our president now is fucking disgusting as far as the way that they talk about him and, right. and, and his wife. And then you see these these people crying racism and, and you know, the liberals are... But look at this shit they did to George Bush. Yeah. They used to make jokes about the first Bush's wife. And <laughs> you, you know what I mean? And, uh, and, and everybody yeah. acts like they don't do it and then right. they act like a victim when it happens. When in reality, you need to have respect for the office. Would you think when, uh, you know, the State of the Union, you, you watched it? Yeah, uh, no, yes and no. Yes, I, I watched, oh, I recorded it and then, then watched it later. I didn't watch it live. Okay, so But then st- after I, I, go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, you know, you, you know the big dig he did, of course, when they clapped and he said, I'm not having more op- terms yeah. for Ron, blah, blah, blah. But there was one before that where he was telling everyone, hey, we got low unemployment, we've got, you know, the stock market's up and, you know, everyone is standing up and cheering except for all the people on the, the right-hand yeah, side. Yeah, but in reality, But well, well, the thing is, he looks at them and goes, that's good news, folks. It's like, as an American- But it's reg- not true. But regardless of- it is somewhat no, true. It's like not if you g- just saw right now what, uh, on MSNBC, they, they were just breaking down his speech. Yeah, and and they're pretty much saying, look, we're you know when you're talking internationally, it's pretty. Bl- there's there's a lot of problems. Of course, there's a lot of problems. You know, and 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 again, I get the point you're saying, and I agree with you. But let's let's also understand the president can't do fucking everything. No, he can't do okay? everything. Right, and neither can uh, we've lost sight of the government. We we lost sight. That the government is not an entity, okay? It's it, it it's an it, it's an idea. It's a breathing, working thing, and and the way it was designed is the people and the government should be one. So when your people suck, your government's going to suck. Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense? Yeah, absolutely. If people are breaking the laws, have no respect for the laws, have no accountability, always point fingers, want to blame another group because they're not where they're at, they they then then that's the the face, and the government is going to respond to that. Right. Does that make any sense? Yeah, absolutely. Now our presidents can't admit that they're faults. Like a, a good president, if somebody, if I ran for president and they asked me about the economy, I'd be like, look, I'm really good at social studies, <laughs> and uh, I can write dick jokes. <laughs> but I know who's good at the economy. Let me bring this expert in from Harvard. Right. All right. And then uh, th- that's the way it should be. It should be. Right. I mean, the way we've been running this country at the very beginning, I mean, amendments were made to be amended. I mean, mm-hmm. it pointed to uh, what Thomas Jefferson even said it, didn't he? It's like every few, every 20 or so years, look at the amendments and But see, adjust. people now, people don't have any, like, for instance, uh, there's so many things about the Constitution that, like, God is not in the Constitution and neither is separation of church and state. Right. And, and and there's this thing called herd think where where uh, groups of people just just re- regurgitate what they think is you know uh, right. what they think to be true without ever even go- if you're at a computer you are right now Google it it's not separation of church and state and and right I know that was a technicality people were, it's, yeah it's not it's no not it's just saying the government that. should never establish a religion as right. uh, like you know but it's not it, the the government isn't protecting us from religion. It's freedom of religion, not freedom it, it, from yeah, religion. It doesn't say that the government can't mingle in religion. It simply is that the government can't establish Absolutely. a certain religion. Absolutely. So now what you have now is, is, is the idea of, and again, I, I, I don't care what your religious beliefs are or non-beliefs are, but just say as an atheist, okay, it's not an atheist's right in other words, you can't celebrate your non-beliefs by not allowing other people to express theirs. Right. Does that make any sense? Absolutely, yeah. And that's what's going on. Uh, right. The idea that the, that, a, that a, a nativity scene or a menorah or any religious symbols are in a government 
uh, th- these people pay taxes and they own that bank just like you do or that post office just like you do. Right. So there should be a day to acknowledge, you know, atheists and, and then, you know, they right. should, you know, whatever. But I'm, I'm saying is that it, there's no more mutual respect. There's no more. We're in this together. There isn't that. You're absolutely right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you know, we almost had that moment at 9-11 where everyone can kind of huddle together. But that would be in different circumstances in a sense. But that was a good time for people to get together. Instead, we were told to shop and, you know, don't look at the car crash on the side of the road. I mean, that's kind of what we were told. So we just didn't get together. Hey, we were, I was there. What do you need well, from me? Well, we had a week. Yeah, everybody was trying. And, and, you know, Americans, this is what people got to realize, too. This isn't the first time in, Amer- in, in history. Yeah, Americans are known. You know, if you, you want to step, then go ahead and step. You understand? If you want to step to us, we, we, we are, we're not afraid. We, no. we're not, we don't give a fuck. No, we're dysfunctional. Because we, 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 we're bored. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Give, give us a reason. Right. It's, and it's always been that way. But the problem is, is, you know, with all the, the bullshit that's kind of going on in this country, you know, you have your infrastructure is falling apart. You know, we're not getting uh, the right jobs made here in America that are staying in America, that's made money for people in Absolutely. America. Is a, is a problem. Well, you know, you know what happened is the taxes become so high. Right. See, we, we, even people, and by the way, we, I come from a, a single mom, 11, five a year. Uh, you know, she, she raised three boys. I had a stepfather later on, but you know, I, I, I do not, I had a pretty, pretty rough life growing up. Uh, not as bad as, uh, some, but you know, worse than most, right. uh, which I talk about in my act. So the, the, the point that, um, I forgot what the fuck we were talking about now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> You're talking about growing up as a, um, with a mom who's... No, 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 what I was going to say about the... Um, oh, about like... Oh, I was going to talk about programs that... that uh, like like food stamps and stuff. Like, okay. Like, like you moochers? Know, uh, well, no. Well, we, these programs are set up to help, but not to live off of. Right, of you course. Know what I mean? Right. And... and uh, To get you going. Yeah, to and get then, you... then leave it behind and you're on your own. Yeah, and then, then you get back on your feet. Right. And... and the thing that's that's going on too, even like these Republicans that oppose all social programs, you know, right. uh, no, we need some. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, there's a compromise. The same thing with uh, uh, making money, like these one percenters. You know, there's the difference between these these hedge fund people that just throw money around and aren't creating jobs, but then you have these these rich people that actually built something right. and are creating jobs. Okay, because we were talking about the overseas. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay. That were creating jobs, and now they're getting fucked. You know the taxes are high. Uh, uh, Obamacare is, it really did hurt a lot of small businesses. Okay, and and that didn't solve a problem. I I I, I respect the approach on it. Right. You know what I mean? Like the pre-existing condition thing right. is great, but in reality. They're still price gouging. Like right. these fucking pharmaceutical companies could charge whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, it's... you're paying seventy five dollars for an aspirin. <laughs> That's know, insane, right? man. It's it's, it's, it's and, really and, out of control. And they have no no bid contracts. They just award contracts. I had a. I totally agree with you, and, and uh, it's it's one of those things that just. <laughs> I think the, I'm high. There's. Man. <laughs> there's <laughs> <laughs> and he so don't we smoke. God, I had a brain fart. Con- contact tie? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I had a thing about uh, people who are living off the system. I, I mentioned this about a few months ago, Carl. I don't know if you remember this, though. I call it the... Um, the what did I call it, Carl? It oh, was, I can't remember. It was like, for people who want to uh, live off the system, let's create a living off the system, a mooching off the system uh, system. Right. You know, like here, we have places for you to stay. 
There's three squares a day, and you can just live. You know, there's like, it's not comfortable. It's just a one room. You get to share a TV downstairs. It's a black and white hanging in the corner. Commune. <laughs> yeah, like, you can't change the channel of it. You know what I'm saying? It's like really, it's like, I think a lot of people who are on the Republican side think that people who are taking advantage of the system, milking the system, that was the that was my program, is is that they're living high on the hog. Well, and well, in here... Go ahead. My question is, are they really milking the system? No. Or is the system just not designed so they can get out of it? Well, see... Because here, if they don't get out of the system, then they're always dependent on the government, so the government always has their hooks in them. Right, But see, right. the thing is, it's not so much... It's it, See, I, I read this stat. You can look this up while you're there. Uh, that since LBJ enacted these programs, a lot of these programs, uh, the government had spent... Uh, I, I'm, I want to say 22, but we'll just say 15... Okay, because I know it's somewhere in that realm. Okay, uh, trillion dollars since 1960 to end poverty in America. Now think about that. And I think the article also said, and again I'm paraphrasing, that it would cost two trillion to end world poverty now, but we could just say five trillion because it doesn't really matter. It's those numbers are right. you understand? So now where where the fuck is this money going? And what happens is is you have these 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 groups that are saying, well, we're here to help, but they're not. You could give everybody in this country a million dollars, okay? And that's, what, three and a half trillion? How much would that be? A million times 350 million, whatever the fuck that is. And it's still less than what we've spent to end end poverty. You understand? Right. Oh, yeah. So so nobody's getting anything. The, The people that have the food stamps and live in Section 8, if you were to put them all together, it's not really costing us that that much. I don't think it is either. No, but it's the people who develop the programs. and Like Acorn. Remember Acorn? Right, yeah, yes. People were all upset. Yeah. But did you see what was going on there when they brought the hidden camera in and setting up fucking uh, scamming the government and all this I other shit? I remember what was going on. Yeah. 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 So do we, <laughs> do we blame the more poverty on the laziness of the people or the... Just the program creating dependency. Uh, I think it's a little bit of both, right? but I, yeah. I, I do think that if we put a, a statute of limitations on it, like you know, you got two years, and if not, we're putting you to fucking work. But clean the goddamn freeways. Right. Do you got to work. Do something to contribute. Yeah, you yeah know? absolutely. And but it's the same thing when I see people on the the street. You know, I, I I'm not above giving you some food or some money. But at the same time, I look at you and I think, like, do something. you look pretty able <laughs> yeah. to, to, well, okay, able but, to go but, dig a ditch okay. if that's what you needed to do. But here's the point. is The point is is that no matter what, no matter how much you want it to change, there will and always will be people who just want to fucking right, not but, do shit. But yeah. see, but the, the system can't be designed for those people to flourish. Does that exactly. make any sense? And right, now, okay. right now, those people who don't want to do shit can... Can get away I with it. They live comfortably. They're not they, living comfortably. They can eat. All right, let me ask you right. this. Uh, uh, just at a, this would be a, uh, obviously a made up statistic. Out of the out of say a hundred people that receive welfare, how many of you do you think? Uh, what percentage of them do you think are manipulating the system? Um, it's probably low, somewhere around I would 30, say, 35. I'd probably say leave. Well, that's, that's a huge number. That is a huge number. I was probably going to say about 15, maybe 10 to 15. I, I, I would go higher than 35. Would you? Absolutely. Would you? Oh, and, I I, and I know just from being, uh, you know, growing up around that shit. But like unemployment is only based on X amount of time, but I mean, that's different, obviously, than food stamps. Well, for, like, also have a lot of WIC. people who are employed that are still on welfare. Yeah. All right. This is what we're going to do. We, uh, we're a little longer than I wanted to in this segment, but it's a great conversation. We're going to continue with it. Yeah, we're just continuing and our conversation yeah. we were having before we <laughs> went on the air. We were. So I'm going I'm to leave this in your mind. We're going to come back and talk about it. Um, this is a quote from a song. and you might, It might sound familiar to you. Um, 
didn't need no welfare state. Everybody pulled their weight. Oh, that's from All in the Family. It is All in the Family. <laughs> but that's a poignant line right there uh-huh. that just isn't being applied to today. So we'll talk about that when we come back. You're going global with gas. <laughs> Man. Christina. Jeff. Chris. We're the Hoot Hoots from Seattle, and you are with K. 
Gas.
the Hoot Hoots from Seattle, and that tune is called Home, and I really dig that one here. Uh, Rainbow Jawas is what I call them because when they perform live, they have those, you know, like in Star Wars, remember the Jawas, the outfits yeah, the little, they wore? Little yeah, they have, that's, it's like a Rainbow Jawa outfit, and they wear uh, lit up like sunglasses and stuff. They're just a lot of fun to watch, a great energy band. Seattle is their home, and uh, we get to play them here on Going Global with Gas. Man. Man. <laughs> You're late, Carl. You're late. I was late. a little bit late. I was over at the other computer. It is uh, 2.33 in Phoenix, Arizona, and we are here broadcasting at the voiceamerica.com studios, and comedian Brett Ernst is with me. Who's not are... being funny at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, but we haven't, we haven't even, like, gone into that. We, we, just, we, we got such into a serious discussion. And, but that's good, though, you know, because I think it's time, I think, everyone starts talking about this. You know, you talk about traveling the country, meeting people, and really getting a feel for where people are, where they stand, and where... I'm just saying we don't need Congress anymore. Let's just let, <laughs> let the American should, right? people vote on everything. I, 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 I think we got it. I think we got it covered. <laughs> we, don't, we don't need rich, privileged people to, to, to talk for us. We, right. we, we could talk for ourselves. Yeah, I agree with you, man. Yeah. I agree. Because they don't represent anybody anymore. They don't even have... There's not even a representative. They're all fucking lawyers, man. <laughs> right. Everybody's a lawyer. <laughs> Where's your school teacher? Where's your professor? Where's uh-huh. your your uh, uh, self, you know, uh, mom and pop shop owner or right. your doctor or that's with, a representative with, with brains in their heads. Yeah. Where's the guys that smoke weed and listen to fucking bands? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right here, right here. <laughs> we need that representation. Can you can you imagine that guy would just get slaughtered in a in a debate? You know, yeah, I mean, like, it's, I mean, that's even a debate. It's just in the mind. All you got to say, he smokes weed, and everyone's just like, you know, I you know? I think we should honestly go back to the. You know, you must you, you should own some shit before you vote. <laughs> That's you know what, what I mean? you had to do, right? You had to be a landowner. Yeah, you had to be a you? landowner. Yeah. We should go back to that. <laughs> Good luck doing that. Yeah. Man. <laughs> should the cat's out well, of the I'm bag, saying, dude. like, well, you know, when you own a home and, and you start seeing, you know, you're paying taxes on bullshit and, and, I know. and you know, you're like, what? Like, you know, in California, this is crazy. They have, have you heard of the subway tax? You, you can no. look it up. If say you go to Subway, right? And Not you, the food place. Like the, no, no, the, real food, no, a food place. Oh, the, the food, food place. place. Oh, okay. Uh, you go in, and they just call it this, but it, this goes for every place. So you go in and you say, they say, hey, you want a sub? You're like, yeah. You want it toasted? And you could say, yeah. Then they say, you want it here or to go? You say, I'm going to eat it here. There's a toasting tax for 35 cents, and there's an eating in tax. No way. Yeah, so you're paying an extra 85 cents. Get out of here. I didn't know that. Now, always That's say you California. want it to go. That's in California. Wow. That's fucking absurd. That is way stupid. It's absurd. <laughs> it's part of their offering. You're taxed four or five times on gasoline. We have a 13% state tax. Yeah, it, it's just crazy, man. Right. And, and, and the people who get fucked are the middle class, man. No we always get, get fucked. Well, the, we're the ones that are, and I don't know, it's, it's a weird, and I, I grew up in the middle class, you uh, know, in, in L.A., in the L.A. area, in Northridge to be exact, San Fernando Valley, um, nice suburb of the, of, the, of the city and everything like that, and we were middle class, everything seemed to be fine throughout the 80s and everything like that, until parents divorced, 90s came, and everything started falling apart, and then I think that's when the, the, the decline of the, the middle class was beginning. I mean, I don't know when you think it was starting in a sense, but it was I fine think, for I, when I, I was growing I up. I think it's, it started ending, well... You know, you had the you had the divorcing. You know, the baby boomers all got divorced. Right. You know, we, that's like yeah. my generation. The end of the eighties. My mom were the baby boomers, so uh, I was like the latchkey X Y. We're latchkey kids. Yeah. Okay. You know? 
but uh, yeah, I was lower, lower. I played a little latchkey. I mean, I had to go home to an empty house from school. My parents both worked and stuff like that, but I mean, it wasn't anything. I, it wasn't a big plight for me, I should say. Right. It was just part of the way I lived and everything like that. Uh, it was a different time back then. You know, like I was mentioning that uh, the, all the family, you know, we get to watch it now because our TV, uh, fortunately, gets channel 15.2 now. So, you know, we get to see some of the old school shows and they're airing all in the family now. And I'm watching it and I'm thinking, you know what? This is just as pliable today as it was back then. Well, see, that's a good example of a straw man character. Like, in other words, uh, let's make this guy so ridiculous that right. we always look smart. Right, I got you. Because he looks dumb. Even though... He's the one of the greatest characters in the history of television, right? And he's hysterical, and he's endearing as like a you know, but that's how the agenda was pushed on the show was to make this guy not an intellectual, not a business owner, not you know he's this factory worker, right? Oh, you know, and and by the way, there it was there were people like the, this. I was just gonna say there yeah. are people like that. There are people, like and that. there are like that today. You know, today they are like that. <laughs> It's just today now, they feel, I think, more empowered, I think, well, to do something more as opposed to back then. It was just to laugh it off and not worry about it, I think. I mean, you look at the shows back in the 70s. They were so um, in tune what was going on around them in society that well, they, yeah, they was, weren't afraid to hit well, the heavy. Well, people were more involved. And, and it's like e- even our grandparents, like I, I ask people, they don't even know who the fucking Speaker of the House is or, or who the Secretary of State is. Right. No, no fucking idea. Right. My grandfather uh, didn't get past sixth grade. Um, was a construction, you know, worked in construction and he ran a liquor store. My grandmother didn't, I think went to eighth grade, uh, smartest people you've ever met in your life. My grandfather, remember every morning had the newspaper, would read the newspaper just to get, get caught up. And that's a part of the reason why I, cause I was, you know, raised, my grandparents helped raise me. Right. And my grandfather used to always know what's going on in the world, you know, and these were smart people. Uh, they were immigrants. You know, well, actually, their parents were. They they came from Sicily. Right. But uh, <clears throat> you know, you you you. It was a work ethic and accountability. Um, you had pride in what you did. Um, you know, and and you you tried to stay on top of things. Right. My grandmother read books, uh, like a, a, anything she got her hands on. Uh, just that's that doesn't seem to be kind of a, no, <clears throat> not even like uh, applied today. We're, we're, it's not even implied. We're, we're classless. We're yes. we're, uh, we're uninformed. Right. We're uh, a lot of people are like Peter Pan. You know, you know, you have guys that that it's just it's just it's ass backwards because <laughs> we're spoiled. We be Peter Pan. That's people the that are like forty years old with rock T-shirts on. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, man. <laughs> As I no, sit I'm here saying, with my, my that, Iron Maiden shirt I was just, on. I was <laughs> balls. I no, I'm <laughs> saying like you get these these guys that are just, you know, fuck this, I'm staying single. And, yeah. and, and girls that just aren't really bringing anything to the table anymore. Yeah. Just think about this as a couple, right? My grandmother was educated. And in an Italian household, the matriarch, the women are the matriarch. You know what I mean? The right. women run everything. The, the, the dad... Like the grandfather is the final say. Like he's the disciplinarian. You know, he's he's. But it's the mom. The right. moms are fucking very very dominant in our families. She could cook. She could sew. My grandfather could build shit. He built the house. He built the that they lived in. Oh really? He could fix anything. Right? What are we bringing to the table now? As like like even myself. I mean, I, I know how to. I know my way around the house as far as I I cook and stuff like that. My wife, that's why I married her. She, 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 she has domesticated skills as well as having an education from Loyola and, you know, but there's something you're bringing to the table. There's so many people out there that don't bring a fucking thing to the table. Guys and girls. Right. Do you think they even know what to bring to the table? Well, just bring a skill, you know, bring some type of a, a, a value system. Right. You know? 
It's this fuck this me shit. It's all shallow. It's, it's all it's self-centered. All, yeah. it's, and, and everybody knows it. There's people listening going, uh, yeah, yeah, we see the same thing. And then there's people going, that's bullshit. <laughs> I got to get mine. <laughs> that's the ones that are doing it, right? It's Posting like, asshole videos everywhere. Right. Well, it's like even seeing a, like a rapper. We played this. Uh, I don't even know if we played it, but this rapper was uh, talking about, look, I got Gucci. I got this. I got that. I was like, you're still talking about that now? Yeah. You would think you're an idiot. It's like you should be changed. I mean, that's old school rap. Dude, and, and I'll be honest with you, you gotta dig. We're still, we're still you gotta though. dig deep to find uh, hip good hip hop, man. Yeah, yeah. You're, that's your that's your style, yeah, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Well, yeah. I grew up, you know, right outside of. I was in North Jersey, right. and, and okay. you know, as so, a kid, that's all we knew. That right. was that was our whole area. Do you think Archie Bunker would like hip hop? No. <laughs> <laughs> nah. You know what's funny is going back to that show, meaning that uh, you know the t- topics they talked about back then. I don't even think you would touch upon these days. I mean, there was racial. It was uh, it was the uh, the homosexual community. It was you know everything you could possibly think that this Pe- people are soft. This man. person was right. Um, we grew up with two things. We always said as a kid. Remember this? Uh, you know, I'm an American. Remember, you know, people would say, "Hey, it's America. It's a free country." Right. Yes. Right. And the other one was sticks and stones can break my bones. Words right. will never hurt me. Where did that go? That's gone now. I know. Like, toughen the fuck up, man. <laughs> right. You know, that's the other thing. You have these two groups. They're all afraid of knowledge. They're all afraid of, of, of adult dialogue. Right. You yeah, know? yeah, exactly. You're right. Like, you're, you're, you're an adult. I, I, I talk in my act uh, about certain things, and, and, you know, my father had schizophrenia. He committed suicide. I lost my brother to AIDS. And it's not like I make fun of it, but these are real things that happened in my life. I went to predominantly black schools. It's my life. Right. Don't tell me I can't talk about my life and and react to it the way I do. Now, you react to it to the way you do, but you literally, everybody should be able to deal with shit the way they want to deal with it. Don't tell me how to deal with stuff. Somehow it's just, you know, this, I've offended you, I'm sorry, fucking society is, it's it's too much. But but where does that too much come from? Is it from the the media? It's fear. uh, Pushing it all it's the like time? It's like The Village. You ever see the movie Village? No. The Village, the M. Night Shyamalan no. movie, where people are all in this little village and they're afraid of what's over there. Whenever a special, like a, a fake group gets their, you know, like stand up to it. I'll give you a good example. Remember when Ellen became the spokesperson from JCPenney? Yes. And then all the religious people were upset because they're like, yeah, could you have a lesbian as a spokesperson? Right. And then everybody was like, fuck you, because that was the P- it's PC to say that. Right. Which I agree with that. And they went away. Right. They went away. Chick-fil-A, same thing. They're like, look, I'm not, this is my belief. Uh, Hobby now, Lobby. Now, we're, we're for gay marriage, but it's his business. He's a traditional man. He would, he would be against me living with my girlfriend before I was married. And I'm okay with that. They make good fucking sandwiches. They pay their employees higher than minimum wage. Right. They, they, they promote from within. And they take Sundays off. So the guy's not a hypocrite. And even though he's advocating against this, I, I I choose to go in there or I don't choose to go in there. Right. And and he stood up to him and then it went away. It's like everyone's like this throwing this hissy fit. Well, they can't do that. They can't they can't say that. I'm like, yes, they let, can. Let them do what they want to do. You're, you exercise your power by not buying their shit. But see, as comics, this is what we know. Okay. See, when people are in a bubble, they automatically go with the trend. So so you could get. Uh, I remember I read somewhere years ago that if a network got a letter or complaint, they counted that as ten thousand people. You know what I mean? Okay. Because they figured if at a ten thousand we offended ten thousand, then one person wrote us a letter. Right. Then we we can factor that in, which I think is asinine. This is what I love about the internet. You can pretty much stand up to these groups now. Like the thing with the the chick that was on uh, Kamal Bell debating Jim Norton. Did you ever see that? The no. feminist girl. The, no. The, I the that. blogger. Dude, she got annihilated. Yeah. Because what she's nice. saying is fucking crazy. Right. 
you know, don't make fun of rape, which I, I get that. But then what he was saying is, is as, as that's why you make fun of it, because it's atrocious. Just like he was talking about Joan Rivers and 9-11. And, right. you know, in the comedy world, you, you, you take something twisted and you put it on its face and you, tr- and you throw it in the garbage and saying, you have no power over me. Even it's a terrible thing, but that's why I'm making this funny. Interesting. Does yeah. that make any yeah, sense? Yeah, absolutely. You does, have to yeah. see the debate. Now, my humor is not like that, but I support somebody whose humor is like that. And then, like you know, why are jokes about priests molesting kids okay and the Holocaust, but this isn't okay? Right. Then it becomes people saying, "Well, I don't think this is funny." Then don't buy a ticket to my fucking show. Yeah. Go see who you want to see. And, and that's kind of like the comedy's been under fire lately, of course. You know, we had the huge thing happened in France um, a couple oh, weeks ago and everything like that. You know, expressing your opinions. And, you know, I'm sure... <clears throat> have you ever had... I don't, you, you, see, you don't go into that kind of material and everything like that. I'm not but, a disrespect. I don't disrespect Right, so you don't see people, people leaving your show. No, I've had I'm, people yell at me. Um, and, and be honest with you, I, I had this whole rant on... I do right right wing and then I and left wing stuff when I, I do political. I've always had liberals uh, yell out at me. Oh, really? Absolutely. But the conservatives don't. Nope. <laughs> I'm you, dead serious. What it's, do you say? It, uh, I just tell them, "Oh, thanks for you know being so open minded that you can't hear your own shit." I had right. a woman jump on stage at me in in, in Baltimore. Jump on stage? Yeah, saying, <laughs> saying yeah, <laughs> saying because all I say is that they claim to be open minded unless you don't agree with them. Right. You know what I mean? And um. Uh, I, I see it. It's the same thing. You see liberals saying get rid of Fox News, but you don't see conservatives saying get rid of MSNBC. Oh, I, I think you do. I, I don't. I don't see it. I, all I see all the time is Fawn News, Fawn News, which, hey, man, I don't watch either of that shit. Yeah. I'm, I watch CNN. You, you like CNN? I better? like CNN now. I, I think, well, Fox. Even though they're the ones that started all this bullshit with that 24 hour <laughs> news thing. I know, right? You think if it would have not been them, it would have been somebody else, I think. I mean, yeah, that, that's, pro- that's where the problem with media came in. Is yeah. That, you know, it, it has to entertain for 24 hours. Right, exactly. And that's, you know, I used to, I got a degree in broadcast journalism. My first gig was a TV station in El Paso, Texas. I was a photographer with a camera over my shoulder, running around with news stories. I got to meet President Bush. Uh, back then, he was Governor Bush. Um, it was a pretty exciting little gig and everything like that. But when you actually realize the stuff you're covering and the stuff, it's like, why am I covering this? This isn't news. No, you know, you start questioning authority. There's a great website. If you go to factcheck.org, it's a really good one. It's, it's out of Penn University. It's, it just, it'll show you whichever side you're listening to right now. If, if you're right. a Republican, you're gonna, it's going to show you what fucking bullshit both your sides are. <laughs> they are both. I, I couldn't agree more with that. Uh, when, when you look at somebody, though, it's always been, you know, you have to tread carefully when you're talking to somebody who's a strong and staunch conservative and vice versa as being a strong and staunch liberal is that they are very ignorant to the other side's opinions and they don't want to hear them. It's just they're already locked and loaded. Right. And and they're both, and they're both judgmental. And they're very judgmental. Extremely. The thing is, is that's the thing is you want me to live the way you live, but I don't care how you live. However, you seem to care how I live. And that's kind of in a sense Absolutely. where Absolutely. Or, or, or the better yet, like, like, you know, you have religious people saying to believe in this, but then you have atheists saying you're stupid for believing in anything. Right. And it's just disrespectful, man. On both sides. On both sides. Yeah. There's great, great, keep your religion out of my government and your government out of my religion. Yeah. I, I can care less what people want to, want to believe in. I think it's fine. Whatever floats yeah. your boat, that's good with me. Just don't impl- imply that I'm being a bad person because Absolutely. I don't believe the way you Absolutely. believe. Absolutely. It's crazy. And that's the problem, you know. That's where you got to, like, there's, again, there's, practically there's this, preach. There's this belief that, you know, people believe without religion there wouldn't have been compassion, um, which is absurd. But 
the idea of living in a state of compassion is what Jesus advocated. So, you know, there was, there is some philosophical value to religion, but again, it's, it's, it's a personal thing. Right. You know, who, who, I know. don't tell me what the fuck to believe. And, you know. and, and, you know, and the vice versa, a- atheists believe that more people die in the name of religion of any, no, that's not true at all. At all. There's no statistic to back that. It's not true at all. Nationalism is what most people die of. You know, wars are fought. In some countries, you can't separate religions. So, yeah, you could throw religion in there. But Christianity is only fucking 2,000 years old or 2,015 years old. Right. Whatever it is. There, <laughs> there's been wars going on from the beginning of time because it's human nature. It's human nature to take an ideology and force people to say, look at me, I'm cool. Uh, this is what I believe. And you're stupid for not believing it. Right. Or this is what I don't believe. And and it's human nature to, to, to take these ideals and, and try and get groups of people and associate with groups of people that believe what you do and believe your own bullshit and, and go out and try and say everybody should be. And it only takes a few of these fucking idiots. Right, that does. But also, how do you approach people who are so against, you know, you know, they're only into their way of life. How do you get them to like, come out of your closet, you know, come out of that way of thinking well, just, without pointing fingers or told you, I told you so. Just example, like there's this fake thing between religion and science that, you know, religion opposes science. But the Big Bang Theory came out of the Vatican. Right. You know, and and then uh, the Vatican does like so much cancer research. I think St. Jude's and Notre Dame University, they're not against medicine. Right. You know, you have these arguments that people make, you know, and and vice versa. You know, some of the most compassionate people in the world are atheists. What what the and I actually I did know. a joke where I was defending religion. It got cut out of my Comedy Central special. It was the, it's funny. I was doing a joke on extremists, right? I was making fun of uh, atheists, and then I made fun of the religious right. But they cut the religious right thing out. So the <laughs> joke about the extremists became me just shitting on atheists. Oh, I didn't wow. really say anything, and it's my own fault because I did thirty minutes as opposed to twenty four or twenty five. Oh, that's, they so we, that. Yeah, so we had to edit it out. <laughs> so then I got passed around. Did these, they cut it out, or they they they, they, they had to. The, the whole thing or just a little bit of it? The little bit. The, the joke was, if you're going to be, I talk about atheists. I'm like, every atheist I know is a smug dickhead, which is true. <laughs> you know, I, every every Muslim, Christian, Jew I know. And then I talk about, you know, how many deaths were in uh, the atheist cause in the 20th century. And then, but then I went in and, you know, and if you're going to be a religious extremist, go Amish. They don't bother <laughs> nobody. You know, and then there was a whole other part to that, too, that I went into when it got edited out. But anyways, so extreme with so, the right yeah. two horsepower. <laughs> well, dude, so then I get all these. Uh, I'm getting passed around these atheist sites, like you know, this oh, guy doesn't yeah. know what he's talking about. Okay, da 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 da. Then they try to lump me in as a, a religious zealot, I guess. Really? Not, yeah. But then I was like, dude, fucking. <laughs> then I said, <laughs> well, in my defense, right. this is the the part Bull that joke. was out. Right. But I'm not backpedaling. I'm still standing by what I said. Right. This is not. Uh, freedom of religion, not freedom from religion. It's freedom of religion. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Right. And and I really don't. I don't try and have a dog in either fight. But as from an objective point of view, you know. Well, I guess I'm not objective because I do believe in God. Okay. You know, so I'm not really that objective, but I try to be. Yeah, I mean, I thought it's I mean, everyone has their own thing, and everyone's going to follow what they want to follow to make them. Uh, you know. Let me ask who you this question. Are. Yeah. Don't you think though our group of friends, like the people we hang out with. Or I mean, first of all, comics, with myself excluded, are some of the funniest and and also some of the most intelligent people around. Yes. So you're always dealing with intellectuals, and even though, like comics, love to have mental chess. We like to discuss things, and 
you know, some, we yell sometimes at each other. But but I'm saying, like, the I, I think, I don't know, I think we think about this shit more than most people because it's think our so job. Too. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, when I, you know, I've been doing radio for 15 years, I mean, I, every day you got to come up with something to say. You got to come up with something that's going to be not stupid, something that's hopefully a little thought provoking and maybe with a little humor on the, on the end of it, you know? So when you're in that train of thought and you're always kind of thinking, what else can I see? I see this. Oh, that's funny. I, I can d- definitely do something about that. I can, I can see that. I can, you know, I want to talk about that. Yeah. I mean, you have to kind of keep going. And, and our friends are more, I, I don't know, like, cause sometimes, you know, we, we put so much emphasis on this type of stuff where there's people that like, you know, there may be guys that don't know shit about politics, but you know, they, they fix your car. Right. I can't fix a car. Yeah, but you got to think, I mean, you're right, because I think what we do is, is so much different, obviously, from what everybody else does. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm always online. I'm always reading stories. What's going to spark my mind to, to talk about if uh, anything, maybe even a joke to come out with or something like that or just a funny little thing. It's I'm always looking for that. Maybe that's just who I am. I'm out, but other people just might not be care about that kind of thing. And I got to be honest with you, like, you know, again, I, I, I fancy myself a liberal because um, I, I am. You know, but I'm old school liberal. I'm not. I'm not the new one. Right. The new ones got out of touch with the proletariat. Like I used to be a Democrat uh, before I went independent. You know, but that was. Uh, you know, I'm a pro. I'm a blue collar, lower class, white blue collar kid. You know, with a ta- right. with with uh, you know, it, it, with an Italian American background. My, you know, we we were working class people. I don't. F- I don't feel the liberal represents us anymore does that make any sense i don't i don't see them i don't yeah i think i, I think there's a disconnect saying. between I us see what you're saying. Right, between that and the, and the proletariat now well uh, there's a disconnect within the republican party there's a disconnect within the democratic yeah, party but yeah, everything's sh- fractioning but off. these younger republicans the like, trey gowdy's the paul ryan's the chris christie's like I, I i really you know i'm starting to listen to them more because I think the face of the Republican Party is starting to change. I mean, this was this election. They they elected a, a, you know a gay a gay man a, a gay congressman I think and uh, a Haitian immigrant, uh, a, another African American, the youngest female. It, it's becoming more diverse. I'm looking at the Democrats now. There's I don't know. There's no young Democrats that are getting me excited. There, yeah. There's and, and, not. And I, and I'll be honest with you. I, you know, I voted for Obama the first time. Um, I, I would have, well, I wanted to re-register Democrat to vote for Hillary, but I ain't voting for her. You got to be out of your fucking mind. <laughs> and any feminist that supports that woman is crazy because not, this is going to be the, uh, the most hypocritical thing you'll do. There's an interview of her at 26 years old being interviewed about, uh, representing a child rapist. Okay. Uh, uh, uh and it was a little girl that, that this guy raped. And I'm not mad at her for defending her. She had to. She did it as a favor because he needs defense. But in, in the interview, she jokes saying she knew he was lying because he passed the lie detector test. She goes, that's when I knew those things don't work. Oh, okay. And I have no problems with that. But then she talked about the strategy of going after the witness. I mean, going after uh, the victim. The victim. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. That's what I got a problem with. And... Any any woman that supports that and and doesn't hold her accountable for that, okay. That was a long time ago, though. Doesn't matter if it was if it was a a a, a white dude, they would be they wouldn't let him forget it. Yeah, probably right. Absolutely not. Being a, right, they won't they won't touch that for sure. If it was a man if, in if general, she was, if she was running for president, you know, or maybe she is, whatever. But yeah, as far as the anti campaigns, yeah, I don't think they'll touch that. Yeah, and the fact that you know she she she's involved in the whole Benghazi thing. I mean, I, I kind of respect her for falling on the sword. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. For for stepping down. But I think they're like, we need to get you away from this because mm. we we're trying to prep you for pre- for the presidency. Right, I got you. And it's uh, no more Clintons, no more Bushes. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, 100%. we we can't have these family dynasties. And- <laughs> I know, right? It's like they're like fucking kings and shit. So what is what we're t- turning uh, our our government into? Yeah, man. Yeah, I don't want that either, man. I, I really I like don't want I that. like Rand Paul, man. You I like love Rand Paul? Paul too. I like Ron Paul more than I like his son. Yeah. Um, here's some uh, reggae music to stir you up a little bit. This, uh, it's it... Rossi Manuel. Love it. The tune's called "Root Up Corruption." Is it... <laughs> <laughs> See, that's like can, a... we, can we try and be at least something fun now? Next, next hour. Next yeah, let's hour. do we'll, something. We'll... Next. <laughs> I, I'm just gonna say, like, when you talk about real reggae, I mean, you got to talk about like you know fuck the government reggae kind of shit you know what i mean that's what this shit is so take a listen to this learn something smoke something and uh, enjoy it and we'll be back you're going global with gas man In the material world, in material world. Too much corruption and destruction in the material world. In the world they enough. have too much illusion, confusion in the material world. How try drink? They have too much corruption and destruction in the material world. We the most Kabbalah. Say no for them I try hold me down Them can't hold me down Virgin weed word power and a sound We spread the righteousness all around So that the youths can stand the ground Say just and I unite to one And the world that works must perform The things of them can run the warm Rasta is a raging star I want to them man Hey, I'm only them a run down and them life gone down the ghosts, them a worship, no, them house born down. Money, them a run down, no, them life gone down. The ghosts, them a run down, no, them house born down. How long can you the one them, but them still don't hear? The barrack fee vanity, but none of love grown here. Seek the kingdom of God and everything will be dear. The prophet warned them, but all know them. My cousin Judah, wash your foot and drink the water. A the works that you've done for Mama Africa. So man come round, ya come bad for Gaza. <laughs> and I'm bad for Gully and bring down disaster. Gaza bus and the gully come down Because the foundation was not solid You know see it? Jah root the man Root the man Root the man The man the freaky man The man the freaky man The man the freaky man Tell them come on now Roll that down I want them but them don't want the air Majority of the people, them living in fear. He looked like some of them broken for the jack and bell. But if them the lion, them both he gets here. Tell me, don't care. He money will die, so he didn't be Confusion, confusion in the material world. You know, see, him have too much corruption and destruction in the material world. Too much corruption, destruction in the material world. Lucy, I'm only them a run down, now them life gone down. 
Because them a rush in all them house come down A money them a run down all them life come down Because them a rush in all them house come down You come to dig up corruption Root it down, root it down I feel it from the root Yeah I'm a dumb ass of the root of corruption All about root it down You come to dig up corruption Root it down, root it down
Tune. That's Mike Pinto, by the way, a Mike Pinto band from San Diego, and just really great reggae tunes from that dude. Dude, Good. Um, growing like going to high school in South Florida and stuff, we used to. Uh, that's all you would hear down there is reggae. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. It was pretty cool, man. Nice, man. I, I really dig it. I, I kind of got thrown into the reggae scene a couple of years ago, and uh, really haven't left yet. If you will. Yeah. Uh, well, just be- get to see my eyes, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're going global with gas, man. It's your second hour. <laughs> What's up? We have a phone caller, by the way. Uh, I'm getting an echo, actually. Um, yeah, you might have to turn that down. Yeah, I don't think Carl knows what to do yet. Just uh, I might have to run in to help Carl real quick. Carl, the intern, what's up, man? Not much. I don't even have the phone turned on yet. All right, yeah, so we can throw, the, throw up the phones. Let's introduce Bill. He, uh, just there you called. go. Bill, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, man, how you doing? Thanks for calling in. Good, good. Hey, Brett, you know who this is? Yeah, hey, Bill, how you doing, buddy? How you doing, man? I, I, I actually was uh, saw you on um, TV today. I was flipping through the channels and I said, that looks like Brett. And it was a movie called Legacy. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, that was uh, like you know, a while ago. What was, what was that movie? Yeah. That uh, it's, it's like a comedy. It was a comedy. It was uh, with me, uh, Haley Duff. Uh, I, forgot yeah. the, uh, I forgot the chick's name. Um, Zima, Madeline Zima. Okay. Um, yeah. It's like a sorority thing. I play a cop. <laughs> no, me yeah. and Donnell he, Rollins. He played the good cop and then he had a, your partner was um, playing the bad cop. Yeah, Donnell. Kind of hey, Bill, what, what channel were you watching? Uh, it was on, uh, I, I don't even know, I think it was on uh, the CW, I think. Bill, why, why are you watching the CW? <laughs> I was slipping through the channels and I Sure you were, man. <laughs> How's it going, man? Everything good, buddy? Everything's good, Brad. Everything's good. You know, working hard on my stuff and, um, you know, Bill, haven't Bill, made any major decisions yet. Bill, Bill's a no. producer down in Miami. He's, oh, he nice. does like, uh, uh, he actually has a show now. Is it called Models and Mansions? Well, no, not not. That. Well, I'm, I'm I'm doing a couple shows, but yeah. um, uh, one I'm I'm doing a car. I do car shows. I'm doing a uh, show called Tuner Sport TV, nice. which we're trying to get on National Network. I've talked to Brett about before, and um, I, I've written another show called Models Mansions Miami, and it's a reality show. It's a pretty much a comedy show about um, well, a reality show about models and mansions. And, um, <laughs> well, it's pretty well, exciting. Yeah, well, I'm sure yachts are involved too, right? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, of course, of course. It's all about the lifestyle in Miami and so forth, and how models struggle and so forth. And nice. we raise money for charities oh, well. and um, and so forth. And it's it's written as mainstream, but um, it's not picked up yet, so I don't want to say too much about it. So, um, yeah, yeah, Keith, don't don't say anything, man. But we pre- <laughs> yeah. thanks for calling in, man. I, we had the reggae on, so I know you're in Miami, so I know, <laughs> I know, I know you like the reggae. Yeah, I love the reggae, man. I love the reggae. Nice, man. Thanks, so, Bill. Thanks for calling in, man. Okay. I appreciate right. it, man. So, Brett, you uh, talk to you soon. Give me a call sometime. You got it, buddy. All right. We'll talk. Bye. Later. Nice, man. We, don't, yeah, it's, we rarely throw the phone number out there. So, Carl, why don't you go ahead and throw the phone number out there again one more time since yes, he's, sir. he's out the there. The phone number for Going Global with Gas Man is 866-472-5788. That's 
402-472-5788. Yeah, we're going to be here for another hour, and uh, we're going to get into some drugs a little bit later on. I have a game we'll play called Porno Music or Not. Okay. I don't think you've played that before. Maybe you have. No, I haven't. No, I, haven't did, I did one? service stories years ago. Yeah, because, okay, so when we were uh, when I met you, it was a few years ago, and you were in town for this uh, uh, charity event. Yeah, yeah. And we ended up actually doing my radio show at this bar somewhere in Scottsdale. With my buddy Brian Ritchie, yeah, uh, Heather from the Improv, and you and little Sebastian Maniscalco. It was me, Sebastian. Man- was, was Ian uh, Bag with us too, or no? No, not at that time. Not because I know he did that show with us. I yeah, he, he did. Actually, I, be- I became friends with Ian for the last few years. He's a great guy. He's cool man. as shit. Man. I love him, man. He's hilarious. Um, but yeah, but we did a bit because you because of some of your comedy was uh, about serving and being in the restaurant business. Yeah, making making ugh. right. <laughs> And I did it too. I know. I, I was That's a bartender so and a server. So, you know, we always talk about like, oh man, if I could just teach people how to behave when they go out to eat, you know. I have a theory that everybody should at least uh, w- wait on people at least once in their life and get knocked out or punched in the face, get the <laughs> shit beat out of them, then everybody would treat each, each other differently. You know, you have to have that Yes, yeah, so I'll get you the extra napkins. <laughs> yeah. Everybody should be talked down to and yelled at for no goddamn reason at least one, at least Wait. At least for a year straight. <laughs> Mine was six. Yeah, well, uh, that's if your family doesn't do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I true. had that already on my family, so it's not a big deal. Um, we had a, a bit, yeah, serving stories and customer tips. We talked about the restaurant industry where we try to help servers, uh, you know, better we better service, bigger tips was the whole idea of it. We changed that to Diner's Ed. Um, you had a bunch of biz. You don't do them anymore on, on your show. Um, uh, no, I've, yeah, I'd, I, you know, so, so, I'm working on my new hour right now. Okay, so like as far as, uh, well, how long were you holding on to that joke then before you decided to? Until I burnt it on TV. I meant, or, or if I like right now, I'm I'm really trying to get this hour tight. But like, if if a lot of times, like when people drop checks, sometimes when you know when you're headlining the yeah. waiter, it, it, I sometimes get into it that way. I mean, okay. I'll, I'll I'll go digging in the crates every now and then. But you know, when, when, you, when you're working on the new material, well, just you know, you get. You, you know, sometimes you miss them. You miss your but own it, jokes. Would, I would agree. And what about as far as like some of your fans and like, hey, man, you don't do that joke anymore? Well, it's it, for comics, it's different. Like a lot of times if they see you do the same stuff, they don't want to come back and see you. Right. You know, you got to keep it fresh. But sometimes like that bit, the roller skating bit <laughs> and America going into a bar was this bit I closed on Comedy Central okay. on my half hour. Um, and the Italians going clubbing. Those are like the main ones people always ask right. me to do. Mo- uh, the roller skating bit all the time, you know. But you know, I've been doing it. Fucking, I wrote that joke 16 years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean, I'm tired, I'm tired of it. I, I, you know. You but, ever uh, think about taking it in other directions at all, or like you know? No, nah, it's, it's you know, it's done, it's, 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 done, done, it's over. Man. The new stuff is what I'm, you know, what's I've been working on. By new, I mean like the past two years. Well, you talked about like you know when you. You burn it on, you know, uh, on TV. You yeah, burn yeah. it on video. That that seems because you know last week there was a story about the Golden Globes. Well, Barry Sobel. Well, yeah, doing their joke, doing his joke, um, and it wasn't him who came out and like, hey, that's my joke. It was the fans that did it. It's yeah. like, dude, you told that joke two months ago. Well, that, that's so, what ha- that's what happened with me and um, Aziz Asari. Oh, really? Uh, Aziz did a joke. I, I I did this. Well, here's the crazy part. I did this uh, thing with Kevin Hart on BET called One Mike Stand. And there was a joke that I was known for uh, where I talk about how black people can't watch magic tricks, right? <laughs> and then it was on my album and all this other stuff. So then Aziz, I guess I got hit up that, hey, Aziz is doing your joke. He's doing your joke. And it, not necessarily, you know, you don't know right. if, you know, but I know like sometimes I don't even know if he has writers. I don't know him at all. But, you know. Was it a joke verbatim? 
uh, you know, I never really watched it. I don't you, know. You didn't go back and listen to really it. I don't really care to. I've, it's it's a, you know, it's past it. But I don't I don't think he stole it. I mean, I don't I don't. You know, I wouldn't accuse somebody of that. Uh, it, this shit happens a lot, man. I, yeah, that's you the know, thing. So what do you have to do? How do you protect yourself? Do you have to throw it up online and say, this is mine, and then establish think, a date? Yeah, it's like, a, you know, I think I think reputation is everything. Like, you know, okay. if, if you hit a similar joke, um, the minute somebody accuses you of stealing, like, you ever hear this expression, uh, be careful of somebody who tells you there's no such thing as an honest person? Right. Because they're telling you they're not honest. Right. You know, people always accusing people of stealing, then, you know. Maybe they're the ones that are fucking stealing. I think, yeah, I think in in a, in, a, in a sense for the joke that was told on the Golden Globes, um, it's almost verbatim. Well, I will it's, say this though, okay? There are people that hire writers, and these fucking commercial writers, these comedy writers, and a lot of times they'll sit and you don't know who the fuck they are, right? And the people that are in, in the business of, I mean, like there are. You know, there are n- late night shows where the writers were stand-ups and they they know the rules. Mm-hmm. But then there are those fucking comedy guys that went to Yale and Harvard, and, right. you know, that are comedy writers and never stepped foot on stage and don't understand the sanctity of, 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 material. of, of the material, you right. know? And, and there's a lot of close calls that you'll see commercials that you're like, holy shit, that's so-and-so's bit. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Or, you know, I'm pretty sure Tina Fey and Amy Poehler did not write all their jokes i'm pretty sure that there's a group of writers that worked on the show that submitted jokes to them and it's very very possible that one of those writers was heard, there was there and, and heard the joke i don't know what the joke is but that happens sometimes too you know yeah he might call in actually so we'll see if he does uh, chime in a little bit uh, just, I, I just think again you know it's it's wasn't him going hey that's my joke that's my joke it was somebody different. else calling him it was some well no it was other his fans saying well, hey you know did you, are you writing for somebody the called Globes? me i, I uh, said i was stole a brian regan joke really yeah and uh and it's funny because uh my my manager is is friends with him and i did this show called access tv it's access live and I did this joke about how, like, I have this cousin that overdoes the Italian and he pronounces the Italian deli meats, right? Like, let me get gabagol, a little brujou, right? You know, that you ever see that guy? It's like, dude, you don't speak Italian. Right. You're just pronouncing <laughs> deli meats, right? <laughs> and then somebody tweeted, oh, that's Brian Regan's joke, right? So I, I, I went to my friend that's, you know, I says, and he goes, nah, I fucking know. It's not even the same thing. Right. You know? So then people then I then I went and looked it up and it's nowhere near the same thing. It's, yeah, the concepts are always going to be there. That's the thing with the Cosby jokes. It's going to be that's what it was. Yeah, it was yeah, Cosby yeah. joke. I mean, it's yeah, you're going to be in that world. Right. Everybody, I mean, everybody and their mothers are putting out Cosby jokes in a sense. But you know, when you have one that's going to be put on the Golden Globes, that's a pretty good joke. Obviously, they decided to use it, and all of a sudden, you know, he's like, "Wait, I thought that was mine." Now, how about if there are like now if you're if you have an opener that does jokes and then you end up doing their joke. Like there's right, rule, there's yeah. rules to this. Like, right. like for instance, okay, uh, say you're doing a joke and I've been doing it for years, and I know you've never seen me. It's my obligation to say, listen, I'm just letting you know that I did this. Oh, good example, Bill Burr. Uh, Bill's a very good friend of mine, and I did this joke about uh, like I would get temptations to do things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, like like uh, throw throw shit out the window and. You know, and and then he did this joke about muffins. So while I'm developing my joke, I, I it wasn't fully flushed. I saw them. You know, when he there's, this is the, one of the most funniest jokes where he's like, I, I just wanted to push the mus- <laughs> push the muffins. <laughs> then I, I can't do that, right? Because why? Why even develop it? It's been tainted. Right. Somebody else did it. Somebody else is known for it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So. 
then then you just don't do it. I saw a joke. It was um, Ellen DeGeneres and Jim Gaffigan. Mm-hmm. They they both did this similar joke. It was about the moving sidewalks in the, in the airports. Okay. And Ellen was like, I feel like Wonder Woman or whatever. And Gaffigan was like, I feel like Superman. Right. It was the same joke, now, but it if, wasn't. If, now, see, this happens too. Now, if you have two comics that have two developed bits right. that are almost the same, and they've never seen each other. Right. Then you know that happens too. If you know somebody has a joke that's similar, you can reference it. I do that too. Like if somebody's opening for me and they have a similar joke, I would just reference it and then do my version of it. Or you just say, "Are you going to do this bit tonight?" Because I'm not. Because L.A. and New York is different from the road. You know, L.A. New York are showcase clubs, so everybody follows each other. Okay. So if I know a friend of mine, like if if I saw a buddy of mine that did a joke. Like Maj used to do this joke. One of my older jokes was, you know, back in, in back east, I'm Italian in LA. I found that I'm Persian, and Maz had this joke that said, uh, "This is the truth." Maz had a joke that he had a lot of because per- after 9/11, he had a lot of his Persian friends pretending to be Italian, <laughs> right? Right. So this is exactly how thing. how yeah. it would go. If I went first, I would say, "Yeah, I found out back east I'm Italian, and out here I found out I'm Persian." Right. <laughs> so gets a laugh. Now if Maz went before me. And did the joke, then you can't I would do ju- it. no. I would just say, you know, back east I'm Italian, and apparently I found out that I'm Persian, right. and then re- like referencing, just referencing his his joke. Sure, got gotcha. you. And then it still gets a laugh. Okay, does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I th- yeah. But uh, what about material like topic wise, as far as uh, you know, if you have like a, a, a series of jokes about one subject. Yeah, somebody does that. Well, like black them. people. Now, here's it. the other thing. Black people do it watching magic tricks. If Aziz did this joke, okay, and we're on the same show. Now, that premise is, is the joke. The act out could be different. You know what I'm saying? But the idea is that's then you can't really reference it. Right. Because the punchline is the actual black people can't watch magic tricks. Does that make any sense? <laughs> they can't. They lose right. their mind. <laughs> you ever they see do, when they yes, see yeah. a trick? Yeah. They fucking just <laughs> jump all, just fucking run. Like a dunk in the All Star game. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> oh shit! You know? It's it's just what it is, you know. It's, it's that they have to have that super overreaction to. I it's, I don't know what I mean. I get it. I loved it. You know, it's fun to watch and everything like that. It's just that it's it's, Dude, it's it, a different it, reaction. That's all it, I can say. I grew up with a lot of brothers, and let me tell you about them. I, I, as a group of people, man, they're the most fucking. They wear their heart on this. They're yeah. the most, and I'll tell you right now, some of the most loyal friends, very emotional. You know, very, uh, dude, it's, it's and, and, you know, it's, that's why they get excited over, yeah. sh- over shit. <laughs> I was always breaking balls growing up, but I'm like, yo, take it easy. But Italians are like that too. You know, we, we're, we're all, oh, how's it going? Oh, look dude, at this. Oh, look what it is. <laughs> and you freak out. And- well, I grew up with a family that was actually from Sicily, to be honest. They, they the, the Yucabellises, that was the name. <laughs> were they very, yeah. uh, very Italian, very oh, yeah. animated? And yeah, everything's... I mean, they had family house. I mean, the whole family was there every time, every weekend. It was always a family thing going on, you know. Yeah. It was uh, a great family to be around, you know. Yeah, bro- brothers get very emotional over stuff. It's great. <laughs> nice. I mean, dude, the same again, uh, you know, my. my I, there are cultures though that are that don't like you don't see British people doing that. I don't think, right? I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, like my my grandfather was German. Oh, Maybe my, over darts. My, well, my, <laughs> this is the difference. My grandfather over darts. <laughs> over, no, my grandfather was German on my dad's side, 
and it was different. Like when 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 I had to leave the house, he's like, you shake hands. So, you know, my Sicilian grandfather had to kiss him before. You know, come here, give your grandfather a hug and a kiss. Right, right. Where my German grandfather Not was like very, that. he was more manly. You know, it was like you shake hands. You right. know what I mean? And so there are some types of cultural differences. Like even I'll I'll be honest with you, Midwest is uh, Midwest is a good example where. Uh, uh, you what you want to take the call right now? Um, yeah, we'll finish that real quick. No, I was just gonna say like. Like, when you see, uh, like, if I see, like, black people, Italian people, like, even in the Northeast, like, I, oh, and they give you hugs and stuff. In the Midwest, sometimes, like, in, in Iowa, they just give you a handshake. Like, if even if you go in for the hug, they it's don't know. To stay away from Yeah, me. it's <laughs> not like, you know, it's not like and it's an emotional. Right. You know. And I, I'm not saying, you know, they're still, like, thank you, very gracious. Sure, but, but everyone still needs a hug. Yeah, every, yeah you, <laughs> say, you, know, you go for the hug, they're going to be like, what's right. this guy doing? Exactly. Um, Barry, you there on the phone? Oh, you got to, oh, just punch, okay, punch the button twice, so it's the arrow. I'm teaching Carl. Carl. And then slide up, uh, right or left, to slide whichever uh, panel up there. Barry, you there? Wait, wait, I've got to push a button and slide uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Carl, Carl the intern is uh, learning the phone system, so while he's in a totally different room than I am, so... We're just doing our best. Uh, What's up, Barry? This, this, are, this, are, this already sounds terrible. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate the confidence already. Well, I, mean, you, you're, I, I spent the first five seconds of me being on your show that, that, you, that you asked. You it was so nice to reach out and find me. It was like, hey, uh, push the button. Hey, uh, do the lever. It's the same thing I told you two months ago. I know. That's how we roll here, man. That's, what, that's, uh-huh. that's the charm of the show, Barry. And then um, I like to, I like then I like how you go what's up like like I'm spo- like I'm supposed <laughs> to have what's up you're supposed to have what's up I am that's what's going on that's how we're just kind of take it casual where, where are you calling from I'm calling from uh, the Bay Area the Bay Area uh, nice man that would be uh, I don't know ten ten hours from you in a car something like that I uh, we were just we were just talking uh, yeah you're from that area Carl uh, we were just uh, talking about your uh, the Golden Globes last week. And uh, how uh, comics these days need to kind of maybe protect themselves from material they perform, so as nobody else can take it. I mean, wait, wait, wait! Believe it or not, I missed. It. I'm not. I'm not doing what you did. I actually missed a couple of words you said. Could you repeat, please? Yeah, I'm just saying. As far as the Golden Globes last week, you know, your joke uh, kind of taken, uh, according to the fans of your uh, on uh, on Facebook or you know <laughs> on other places, that we are thinking, how can a comic these days can protect themselves? Well, let me say, first of all, I was shocked that I had a fan. I <laughs> <laughs> nice. even had a Facebook page that's nice. still active. There's so many things that shocked me. So he, uh, well, yeah, because you well, didn't know. Did he end? Yeah, you didn't know about it, right? You had, you had a, somebody pointed out to you that your joke was used on the Golden Globes. No, no, I was watching the Golden Globes, uh, and then uh, coming around the words, uh, Bill Cosby answered the allegation, finally answered the allegation, but anyway, I went, Wait, 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 wait! That's my phrasing. This is not. This is not about in the slow, in slow motion or as it was happening. I was going. This isn't about to happen, is it? And then that actually happened. Uh, I was doing a joke. You know, uh, I don't know. Are, are you guys comedians? Yeah, well, I have comedian Brett Ernst. I know you said you know Brett. And Brett knows you. Yeah, what's up, Brett? Barry? In the studio? Yeah, I'm right here, buddy. How you doing? Oh, Brett, what's going on? Nothing, man. Just uh, yeah, we we were talking about this. He was. Uh, uh, Oh, Brett, well, Brett, well, you're exactly a person I could explain this to. Uh, uh, you know, if, if, uh, if I'm not supposed to fight for my joke, then really, what am I supposed to fight for? That's kind of what I do. Years ago, when we worked together at the comedy store, I made up a bit where I go, uh, 
I live in a like a, if near UCLA. Every store in my neighborhood is a Middle Eastern store, and with their language, I don't even understand the name of any store in my my neighborhood. It's like, honey, look, the brand new over from uh, over to a kitty corner to. A, <laughs> so I made up that this language sounds like the sound. Right? Are you guys with me so far? Yeah. Well, I'm with you. We yeah, got, we got it. it. <laughs> and all of a sudden, uh, a lot of Middle Eastern comedians started performing at the comedy store. Uh, one with a double same name. And suddenly, months later, they started going, oh, yeah, I'm from the Middle East. And then, and using that same exact thing that I invented. And so one of them, I had a fight with and go, hey, just curious. And this is, this is how you, this is how you get to discover whether it's your, joke or just some, similarly someone thought of it, I go, hey, uh, where did you, how did you come up with that? What, what was the impetus? Where, where was the moment, you know, because a lot of my jokes are like, hey, I'm walking down the street and I think of this, and the person went, uh, I don't know. Uh, I go, yeah, you came up with it when you saw me do it. Hmm. And so I had a big fight with one of the, one of the two or three renowned stand-up comedians uh, at the comedy store who was Middle Eastern, and I explained that that's mine. And no, not everyone goes... For the language of the Middle Eastern thing, so I mean, that's about the last time I fought for it. <laughs> well, and, uh, see, people don't realize about our material is you know, we take months grooming something or, or even years, you know, perfecting a bit, and uh, and part of the art of what we do is making it look like sometimes we thought of it there or delivered it with the first, right? You know, so if you're making it look easy, that means you're making it, you're doing it right. But there's a lot of work and thought and love that goes into a joke. So if somebody takes your joke, it's like saying, you know, that's your product. You just got robbed. Right. Yeah. Right. That, that's, yeah. And, so and so that's that why in, comics can can get all emotional sure. about it. You know. And you and you can see that in that case, especially there, where you know, uh, uh, it's like now they're the new Middle Eastern comedians. So they're like, no, no, this is not a standard thing that you just go in regards to your language. This is the thing. That Barry Sobel made up. That's become a standard thing. Well, yeah. I invented it first, and then everyone's pilfering from it. But the, in regards to the the Golden Globes, uh, <laughs> I'm definitely, without a doubt, not saying that. Of course, the, the great Tina Fey or Amy Poehler <laughs> were there at the Comedy Store, or were there in San Francisco, and I did it, uh, and suddenly they went, "Oh, I, we want to do it as well." But I don't know. I've written for a lot of. Uh, I've written for the, the VMAs and the movie awards and other award shows, and I've submitted jokes. And whenever there's an award show, uh, let's say, like Steve Martin's hosting the Academy Awards or someone really cool, then everyone and everyone's friend tries to submit something because they want to get it onto that award show. Because it's, it would be so cool if Steve Martin did your joke. It would be so cool if Amy and Tina right. did your joke. <laughs> and it was just the idea of that I would that I would go... Uh, well, here, here's what happens. If I were to say to you, like, oh, this would be really cool, why don't we have Bill Cosby answering the allegations in a Bill Cosby routine? And then now you're, you're one of the great comedians of all time, but, so I'd say to you, like, let's make up something. You, there's a million words that could come out of your mouth mm -hmm. as to what Bill Cosby is going to say. Like, you can go like, hey, you know, I'm the great dad from the show, so why don't you be on the show? There's a million different things you could say. But just the idea that you would go right to the exact same words that I did, which is, you put the pill in the girl with the rape. The people want to know, how do you make the rape? You put the pill in the girl with the rape, which is what I did. And so they went, he answered the allegations, you put the pill 
is the people. The people don't want the pill. It's just the idea that they would cut exactly what I did that seemed unimaginably like exactly in my routine. Exactly. So I didn't, I didn't even care about it because I've, I've created a lot of things and suddenly, you know, they're out into the pop culture. But this particular thing, out of nowhere, again, I don't even know I have fans or a Facebook page. Suddenly my Facebook page and the Twitter were lighting up because it was like, uh, it was, I'm in San Francisco, right? And the, uh, this is like my big new routine of December. <laughs> it's like, and then everyone was going, oh my God, very simple, you nailed this. This is like everyone tries to do the Bill Cosby thing, but you have the quintessential Bill Cosby thing. So it was out there. And so this was like kind of like one of my favorites. And then, so then all the people who saw me do this for the last month or two, just like, it just became like a flood of texts and emails and, uh, and posts on my page. And then out of nowhere, some guy from, I guess, you know, just uh, sees this and sends it to another guy who writes for the Huffington Post, and, and then there it was. So just, uh, well, see, the other thing, too, I was, I was explaining to Kevin that a lot of times writers just come to the clubs, and you don't even know if they're in the room. And, uh, you know, right. oh, that, that yeah, you know, because the comedy it, store, they definitely do. Well, anywhere or, you know, any comedy club in, in Hollywood or New York, you don't know who's in the back. You know what I mean? Yeah, you and don't. you don't know what it, you don't know what the writers look like. You know what the comics do, you know, and, and the writers that are that comics that became writers pretty much still respect respect the code. You know what I mean? It's, but there's some writers that, you know, or I, I wouldn't put a pat like you said, it wasn't like Amy Poehler and Tina Fey wrote all those jokes somebody right. wrote that for them right and whoever wrote that for them must have seen you do it then well that, that it, it's quite possible but let me explain to the the listeners other things uh, that are even more absurd uh first of all those, I, I couldn't agree with you more that when people write for tv shows or award shows or anything they're under a certain amount of pressure like they'd like to get a joke in that was the job they were paid for uh i used to write on saturday Night live actually for king of Fate. And Jimmy Fallon, when I did the Weekend Update, and so we were hired writers, and so we would uh, do the Weekend Update. But also, everyone in the building was also given the setups to the Weekend Update joke. So anyone who worked on Saturday Night Live could also submit uh, a joke. But not only that, they also had, as do many, many, many talk shows, people who fax in jokes. Now, these are people who are... They're not even on the payroll. It's just a, a list that people have accumulated. Someone's friend, someone else who might be funny, someone wants to be in comedy. So these people literally fax in a joke that could come from anywhere that actually go to a, a tremendously big star who is, who's in, on a legit TV show. Try, try to imagine people actually faxing jokes to, you know, The Tonight Show with Jay Leno or, <laughs> or Letterman or Saturday Night Live. Like some guy in Ohio is in a joke. We, we don't know where he got the joke. There's right. no accountability. I, I really feel it's wrong that they should even fax in jokes because they're not, no one's protected by the union. And then that's how a joke would get on the, the old Tonight Show and stuff. Interesting. About so you. It's, a, it's absurd. Yeah. It's, it's bigger. And then so, who, who, so that guy gets $100 or you get $100 to get your joke on Saturday Night Live. He doesn't care where he gets his $100 from if, if he saw it or, you know, in a club do the joke. Right, but I think when you're on a on a scale like the Golden Globes, where a lot, I mean, it's a it's a big show, a lot of people watching it, it's, it takes a lot of balls to use a joke, you know. I mean, uh, from, they, you there's people, uh, there is a you got a YouTube. I think they took it down. I don't know if you heard about this this comedian kid 
that was that stole Mitch Mullaney's whole act. <laughs> did, did you did really? you hear about this guy? Yeah, well, no, Mitch, no, no, no. Really Mitch Mullaney, Mitch Mullaney passed away. He died. Right. right? Yes, may he rest. And um and so Mitch, you know, he, he used to do this this one guy, and I can't think of his name. I got to text my buddy right now. I'll have it by the end of the show. So they set him up. Ari Shafir was part of this too. Um, Chris Neff. That uh, they they had him come down and do a show, right? So he does his whole act, right? The whole act. And now they told him, well, this is how the show format is. What we do is we have the headliner come up, and then we sit him down and we ask him questions. So they had a, t- a table set up. He sits down at the table. As he's talking, they bring the screen down behind him. Hmm. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> and then they just start asking <laughs> him, how did you come up with this bit? Then they start showing Mitch's bit <laughs> behind him. Right? Wow. The kid got all nervous. He goes, well, I'm from the Bay Area. I used to write. I wrote those jokes with Mitch. And they're like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Wow. Right? So he gets up. He tries to run out. And they follow him with the camera. And I guess he got a, he's, he has, you, you know, I can't think of the guy's name. Scumbag piece of shit. Right, yeah. But, you know, uh, there is that, there are people that try and, and, and you know, slip through the cracks. Don't want to don't put the time in. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. You know? uh, Barry, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I'm sure... Is this joke no longer in your repertoire anymore? No, that that was the whole point. Was yeah. uh, when they when they uh, the guy from Huffington Post asked me uh, that you know I really love that joke, and so I just uh, when I, I, he asked me for a comment, I was saying you know I, I don't of course don't think that Amy or Tina took the joke, but I want the people I want the people of the planet Earth to know that I invented the joke, <laughs> right. that I can go do this joke, and of course. Uh, Mr. Ernst knows me that I'd probably make a speech going, hey, Bobby, you, you, know, you probably saw this joke on Golden Globes. I didn't do it, <laughs> but it was on the Globes. No, I, I, lo- I love the bit, and I'm definitely doing it. That was the whole point of, that's the whole point. Very rarely do you get a, an outpour of, uh, of support from people to, to protect your joke. Everyone else would be like, Especially, hey, you can't do that joke anymore. You can still do the joke. Especially civilians, but, uh, you know? But don't worry, I don't think anybody, well, I don't think anybody watched <laughs> the Golden Globes anyway, so don't worry about uh, it. Nice. <laughs> hey guys, you're not going to believe this. I actually have to return a car right now. I'm, <laughs> nice, gonna be, I'm going to be... Uh, that's actually what I'm doing. I'm going to be a car so I can get to work. So I can get up early enough to, to, do, your, to do your show. But I'm going to be in a... As we discussed off air, I'm going to be in a Arizona next week. So call me about that. And... Uh, and your guest there is one of the greatest stand-up comedians in the world. So proud. Yeah, Brett's to know awesome. Him and start with him. Right Thanks, on, Barry. Barry. I appreciate you, brother. Thanks for calling in, man. Appreciate it. All right, thank you so much, guys. Have uh, fun. I gotta, I gotta do some of his jokes now. <laughs> right on, man. <laughs> 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 All right, dude. Later. later. All right, that was really cool, man. Appreciate yeah, he's, he's a good dude, man. Right That's on, yeah. I told you. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. Let's play some tunes. We'll come back and then we will uh, wrap it up here. We're gonna play some uh, games. And uh, we'll finish up here. So some Love Me Nots, Moving Tight is the tune. It's music from right here in Phoenix, Arizona. As we hear the hanging up the phone. Maybe in our ears only. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> it's brilliant. Carl. Move 
about you, sir? Step right up. Hey, honey, let's see how good this guy is. Now, would I win? Uh, anything in this general area right in here, anything below the stereo and on this side of the bicentennial glasses, anything between the ashtray and the thimble, anything in this three inches right in here in this area that includes the chiclets but not the erasers.
That's <laughs> our demise from Pride Through Stripe hanging out with you guys here this, this Saturday afternoon, the 24th of January. By the way, next week will actually be my one-year anniversary of doing Going Global with Gas Man. So, uh, Happy anniversary. Thank you. I appreciate it. Listeners in Vietnam, China, Switzerland, Australia, Peru, <laughs> all over the world, man. Wow. Canada, too. Uh, granted, it's one listener. <laughs> <laughs> one listener in each one. <laughs> in each country. I have a total of seven listeners, one for each continent. Uh, <laughs> do they have the internet in Antarctica? On, uh, and on uh, Antarctica? They have to. No, I don't, know, no, I don't think they can. No? I don't think they it's do. It's space, though. All you need is a, just a direction where the satellites don't hang around the South Pole. Well, well, I mean, but then it's hard to get reception in an airport. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So <laughs> who knows? I don't know either. Uh, we got Brad Ernst hanging out with me. Uh, very funny comedian. Uh, you, man, your list, you got the Comedy Central special. You're working on an hour special that you're going to be uh, videotaping? Yeah, I'm trying to uh, get this thing done finally. Now, you uh, you were on the Vince Vaughn's the Wild West comedy tour. Yes, sir. Um, you've been doing a lot of comedy way before a lot of that. So when you got involved with that, that really was kind of a nice uh, launch for you, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a nice boost, man. Yeah. You know, but just, you know, you got you to gotta keep moving. You got to stay fresh. You yeah. Know? Yeah, because I mean, doing like you keep hitting the same cities, like you were talking about earlier, is the material you're using. It's like you want to, you got to start working on some new stuff. So, how often does new stuff come your way? I, it, it's like you get these creative surges, you know. Right. Just but, uh, see it, something it, that sparks you and just. Go uh, yeah, for it. sometimes like you know you, you stagnate, you plateau. Right. You know, um, it's it's. Uh, I don't know, man, but I, I will say this: that the, the, this is probably the best era for stand up in the history of stand up. At this moment in time, Absolutely. why is that? There's so much good comics out there, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think the best, and again, he's a friend of mine, but Bill Burr is, yeah, I, I think, like one Burr. of the best. Uh, you got Louie. Yeah. My buddy Sebastian Maniscalco. Yeah, he's hilarious. He's blowing up. Yeah. Um, Dove Davidoff, mm -hmm. Brian Callen, the, Leslie Jones, the girl that's on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. The uh, the one that, uh, the black chick, the one that, that everybody got all upset because she did the slave joke about herself. Okay. Uh, hands down, top 10 comics in the country. Yeah. If you get a chance to see her, she's a fucking beast, man. What, what do you think the difference is now than it was maybe 10 years ago? Um, I, I think that because, like, in the 80s, you know, 70s was a great era. Awesome. You know, from Steve Martin to Carlin to Pryor. Um, and then as you hit the early 80s, you know, you, you, had some, you had some good comedy, but the comedy boom... You know, I mean, with the exception of like Ellen and, and Jay Leno and Dom Herrera, mm -hmm. you know, uh, people came and gone, you know, and it kind of pimped comedy out and mm -hmm. then it died down, you know. And then when, if you started, like when I started, comedy wasn't a vehicle really, like it, it, it was past the boom. So you were forced to marinate in this fucking thing. Like people weren't popping in four years or two years or just six years. Stuck you know what in I mean? it. You're, yeah, you're forced to marinate in, in, in the art form. Right. So, uh, you know, I'm 17 years in, man. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, and I started young and, and, and you just had to fucking stay with <laughs> it. Like, you know, like. That's when, all it is, right? Staying with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, there's guys 35 years, uh, you mm. know, to, but you, you're just forced to stay in the trenches because nobody was popping. Nobody was becoming famous through it, really. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, Dane, but I meant like it wasn't like, you know, in the 80s during the boom. Right. Uh, Dom was telling, Dom Herrera was telling me they were making five grand a weekend in the 80s. Mm. That's like making fucking, and that's just an that's average job. Yeah. You know what I mean? They that's were making shows that were very few out that, that were going around then. Well, there were so many clubs and so much, con it was like the heyday, you right. know? And uh, Are there more now than there were back then? No. There's less now? Less now. Less clubs. And it's more corporate and, uh, 
you know, it's, uh, but then, you know, guys like Burr and now Sebastian's a theater act and. Yeah, right. They're okay. You move you know, to theaters. Yeah, right. you go into theaters. I right. mean, then you still have the nightclubs, but uh, it's a, the internet has really changed everything. Right. But just, you know, I, I, just the level of stand up is, is so held to such a higher level now. Let me ask you, coming up with an idea, what makes it to the stage and what doesn't for you by the way stand up and porn is the best it's ever been <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna agree with you on porn man we're gonna play a little porno music or not towards the end of the show here um we, we come up with an idea you're like that's I, funny I write, well how is that good enough for the stage well that's the thing i don't know until i talk it out um uh, there's two types you have people that write off stage and people that write on stage i write on stage mm. Like I don't, I don't, I don't have nothing written written down. I'm right. not. I wouldn't consider myself a comedy writer. Writer, even though I can write jokes. Right. I'm more of a performer. I like to. I like to work it out. I write on stage. Okay. So if I have a premise, I'll go in and work the premise out. Oh, I got you. But the problem with that type of style of comic, we always can get ourselves in trouble because you know, again, when you're working out a bit, you're throwing everything out there. A lot of words. And you, and if you try to censor yourself or filter yourself you may not get to the honesty of it or, or the truth of it. So sometimes you'll say some shit and you're like, why the fuck did I just say that? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it, that's, that makes sense. that's why it, it you know, it, it's such a rare, it's such a unique art form stand up. It's different. I mean, it's something uh, I'm enjoying. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm an aspiring comedian. I'm on my way, you know, I want to work it. I want to get on there. I don't do it enough, but I would like to, but yeah, it is definitely an art form to understand and, and know when you're getting yourself into and getting up there, realizing that it's not just telling a joke, it's performing it. It's, de it's delivering it. It's your body style. It's your there's voice. So, inflect, there's so, it's so there's, much going and, on. And, and you can't, Good, you know, good stand-up, it just comes naturally from the person. Everybody has right. a unique voice, you know what I mean? And, and it's that 10... Th here's the, th the difficult thing about stand-up. You ever hear the 10,000-hour rule that's in uh, Outliers? I think I've heard of that before. You know, um, you have to do 10, basically, 000. yeah, if you to really be good at something, you should have done it 10,000 yeah, hours. Yeah, okay, right. But with stand-up, it's 10,000 hours, five to ten minutes at a time. Right. <laughs> Once a week. <laughs> I write exactly. I know, <laughs> you know right? You're that's not why, going anywhere. That's why 6, 11, and 15 are like, you know, the milestones. Like, you're not, unless you're six years in, is when you're really, you know, you can at least say your turn, you know, the, that's like a, your first milestone. After 15 is when you're really perfected this 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 art form and it's always a work in progress it's never perfect right all right so when you're up to working your hour you're looking at uh, a four to five ten minute segments that uh, yeah i mean I, i'm a storyteller so. not really ten, i almost say like the 10 minute segments but a sense when you have a you have a, you have a 10 minute bit you know you're, you're six you're 11 you're 15 so you have all these minute bits so basically what you're looking at for an hour would be a collection of all those Yes. Okay. So you work on these, the first six, work on a second six? Is that how you do no, it? No, I mean, I, I'm, I'm on the road, so I'm fortunate. Yeah, you get I, a lot of time. I get like, yeah, but I, I'm saying getting getting up to that point. Right, I got you. Yeah, yeah You okay. know what I mean? It's it's it, But it squares itself. Like once you reach a certain level, you know, you get to work more. Like when you, when you get that, like Louis can put a new hour out every year if he wants. Yeah. He can get all the stage time he wants. He gets, he can get a deal with HBO. You know, there's certain levels in stand up that you can get stuck at or, you know, you have to pass. Right. Um, you know, I'm 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 an A list club headliner, but I'm not a theater act. Mm. You know? I still have to jump through hoops to get my hour, but once the hour's done, the next one will be easier. And I'm you know, I also uh I have a book, uh, I'm I'm working on a book right now nice. with, with a guy named Mike Lynch who did all of Adam Carolla's books. Oh nice. Um and you know, there's always things that are 
in motion. Yeah. You know, you should, and you should always have something always going on. Absolutely. Yeah. But it, you know, ninety percent of stand up is just trying to even get on stage. You know, it, it's, it's it's a it's a tough thing, and you really got to love it. And you got to stand out from everybody, you know, because well, you will. That's the thing. Once once you get as an individual, you already do. So that's that's the thing with stand up is getting to that point when you're on stage when you're really your voice. That's what they say. You you find your voice, right? You know, and just being an individual. If uh, just uh, everybody's an individual now. If you're trying to pretend to be somebody else, or you're you're pretending to do things, but. If you're expressing your original thought in an articulate way and transcending it to an audience to where they can laugh, that's going to already make you unique. Yeah. You know? See, I like meeting comedians like you who you're, you're real, like here. And I know on stage, there's, there's not much of a difference between you and on stage, is there? Not, not at all. There really isn't. I, I can tell, and I've seen you before, so I know that it's, it's just more you right now, a little more amplified, a little more, you know, and and, up, I'm, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm getting to a point. Like, I, I, I love, I, I'm not afraid to express my opinion, as you know. Right. And I could just keep talking. <laughs> but, uh, uh, by the way, this is ADHD. The OC, <laughs> no, there's the ADHD comedian and the OCD. Okay. The OCD is usually a writer. Everything's organized. They right. they, they, they <laughs> focus on... They, I mean, they could probably get it down to a science. Right. The ADHD is the one that's fucking hyper dysfunctional. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, well, actually, they're both dysfunctional. Uh, you know, both those guys. Uh, yeah. so. <laughs> I don't even know where I be on that, that scale. I don't know. I, I'm AZHD. It's rare in Arizona. <laughs> uh, but no, but yeah, when you get on stage, man, it's you can't hold back. Like, and to, then, yeah. That's you're right, and that's something I've learning. Uh, uh, you know, that's what I'm trying to figure out myself is trying to be more of me on stage. And, and there's something that you know, somebody told me that I, I get away with a lot on stage, depending on what I talk about. Okay. And um, it was in another interview, but and it ne never made me reflect on that because I never thought I did. But uh, the formula for that is. I guess as long as you're coming from a good place and you're being honest, mm. people can like, the audience They'll knows when it. you're full of shit. Mm. You know what I mean? And right. they know when when it's a mean spirited comment. Like if I said to you, say you were 200 pounds overweight, and I said to you, "Hey, uh, you know, Kevin, I think maybe, you know, if you want, I know a personal trainer. Did you want to come to the gym with me? Or you know, there, there's a tactful way, right. and you know, I'm saying this to you in a way that. You know, I could might say, you know, it's not good for your health, man. I'm worried about you. Right. As opposed to going, dude, you're a fat fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? And now where's that coming from? Is it constructive criticism or are you just being a dick? Right. And that's the same thing with the material. Where are you coming from? Why are you saying this? Where is it coming from? What's your point? Hmm. Are you trying to be an asshole? Are you trying to shock people? Or are you really feel this way? Like, that's why to me, that's what makes Bill Burr brilliant. He says things that nobody is. He looks at angles, right? But naturally, he's not doing. This is just how he thinks. That's who he is? You know what I mean? Right. Same thing with Joe Rogan. Joe's one of my, you know, he's a friend of mine and one of my favorite comedians. Now, you know, you listen to him talk off stage, on stage. It's the same dude. Right. He's got the same intellect. You know, uh, 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 you know where he stands. And yeah. whether you agree with him or not, you can still laugh. It's still funny. Uh, he's hilarious. Dude, I, <laughs> you talk about a brilliant, brilliant yeah, he's, dude, man. He's a very smart guy. I mean, absolutely. Uh, I, had a, I had a chance to interview him like a long time ago, and I didn't really – it was a crappy interview on my end, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'd love to talk to him again, though. He'd be a really fun dude to talk to. Sebastian. he's always really cool stuff. Sebastian's another one. Yeah. Now, you, you, lo you, you go to Sebastian Maniscalco's show. 
that's who this guy is. Mm-hmm. And and he's not a sh- he's not an abrasive guy. You know, he's very, you know, he's a gentleman. He always has been. That was always been his thing, you know? He wants to know why. Yeah. Why, why are you wearing those shoes? Why, why are people, you wearing why, those? What are you doing? Why don't, don't embarrass, you know, you're embarrassing that's yourself. You know, that's the thing on, on, a, <laughs> right. on a thing. On uh, the showtime. What, yeah. Aren't you embarrassed? Yeah. You know, that's just, <laughs> but it's always, always just reflecting on how people do the wrong thing. And, right. But everyone you know, relate to that. Absolutely. Yeah. But that's who he is. Right. Right. You, you understand? He's not pretending to be that. Right. Caparulo's the same way. John is a little angry, fucking hysterical. He's the fun, one of the funniest dudes I've ever met off stage and on stage. And I'm not just saying this because they're my friends. Right. But that's him. You know, that's him. Right. That's his line of like when we would argue or discuss sports, he can just break balls <laughs> and he comes from this fucking little. Little, he just, I can't explain. He's like a little curmudgeon. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I but hear but you. he, but you're rooting for him. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's cool, man. And, right and his and his point of view, his thoughts are just, see, I that's love. That's why st- you're saying hang around comics, you know, because you're hanging around smart people. Dude, I love stand-up. It's, I, it's, I'm sorry, it's, it's like it's smart to, you know, be around people who are smart and <laughs> like, because you're smart and you want to be around smart people. I mean, that's just the way it is. I don't want to be around people who are not smart. Yeah, I don't know if I'm, I'm smart. I just talk a lot of shit. <laughs> I really do. But it all helps you out, though. You know what I mean? It's all being around everybody, and you're encouraging each other, it seems like, and it seems like everyone's trying yeah, to... Yeah, we're all friends. That's the right. other thing, too, man. And that's, and, and, if you come to the comedy store, it's almost... Uh, that's... I, I feel like, you know, I grew up with these guys. Right. I mean, I grew up 17 years. It's your class. If, if we were infants together in a hospital, we would be graduating high school together right now. Right, I got you. You know what I mean? 17 years, I've been working with the same dudes, and, you know, and then you see your friends like Burt Kreischer... I think is one of the best storytellers in the world. Uh, I love Chris D'Elia's, uh, you know, he's fucking huge right now. Yep. Uh, Russell Peters has always been big. One of the best guys you've yeah. ever met. Can DJ his ass off. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maj Jabrani's another one. Yeah. I like all those names you mentioned. I, I enjoy all their comedy, man. So I, it's, uh, it's, that's, good, just, that's why I, I think, I think comedy is, there's a dude in New York, Big J Okerson, Bobby yeah, Kelly. Okay, I love Bobby Rock, Kelly. Dude, yeah, he's you talk about, uh, somebody that should be a fucking household name. He's hilarious, man. I, I saw him a long time ago and, uh, it's just, I love his style. I, we, I did this set one night at the Laugh Factory and, and, and he came up after me. And he took my words and did his 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 angle on it, because I was making. It, it, you just had to see right. it. As he a riffed com- off what you what you left he off. He riffed off of what, what I on, did what with a bit that he was already doing. Okay. And it was such a beaut. It was like as a comic, like my buddy Gerard Carmichael. He just had that HBO special. He says like it's perfect. It's beautiful. Like as a comic, when you see somebody do that, you're like, wow, that's fucking beautiful. You like know, it's the, in the in the moment. Kind yeah, of thing. and the, and and it was poignant. And uh, it was calculated, but yet an improv. And I told him that. I said, dude, that was fucking a beautiful, beautiful joke you crafted, man. Nice, man. And you can really see the, the, the you know, the greatness in, in, nice. in that. Yeah, Bobby Kelly's him, great, man. I love him. All right, we All right, are uh, going to wrap it up. Yeah, we got uh, Carl is whispering on our ear. You, you're over time, dude. Uh, it's all good, man. We are we are out of here. And uh, man, what was I, the, did you want to do the game? Yeah, I'm going to do this real quick. We're going to wrap it up. I'll give you a little sampler. It's porno music or not, and you have to tell me is this from a porno movie or something else from television? Okay. All right. All right. What do you think? Let's hang on. It sounds like like one of those school videos they'd show you in science <laughs> class. How not to start a fire? <laughs> so you're going uh, no? I, I would say no, it's not. All right, Carl? Yeah, I'm going no, too. Not feeling the vibe on this no. one? 
All right, both of you are correct. It is not porno. It is intermission music for uh, retro TV. Oh, go. see, yeah, okay. That, that makes all right, sense. you're close. All right, is this porn or is it not? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm going porn on that one. <laughs> yes, you guys are both right. It is porn. And it's, I should have played this clip first. I fucked up, I think. No, I'll tell you. It's, it's actually from a movie. It's yeah. called uh, Anal, it? Anal Gaping Six. <laughs> uh <laughs> It stars <laughs> Anal Gaping Six. Yeah. <laughs> it stars Seymour Butts. <laughs> Anybody else? No, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's a yeah, solo. It's a porno, right? Yeah, it's a porno. <laughs> so you cut it off. It's, that's from Dark Why Fantasy. Why are you jerking off right now? <laughs> Damn it! You shouldn't be seeing that. I'm glad I'm in the other room. <laughs> um, all right, thanks, buddy. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> it, man. I had a blast. I want to thank, uh, thank uh, you, Carl, for uh, helping out today as well. Always. And uh, for Barry calling in. And for you all there listening, this will be uh, posted on the voiceamerica.com variety page. Going global with Gas Man every Saturday from 1 to 3 p.m. Pacific time. You can find us online, iTunes as well. And we'll be back next week, uh, my one-year anniversary show, man. But, uh, Brett, thank you so much, man. No, thanks. If you guys listen to podcasts. Yeah, where you go, yes. Uh, go to bretternst.com, B-R-E-T-E-R-N-S-T. Uh, my podcast just jumped to the top 20 on Stitcher. Oh, good for you, so man. So if that's your thing. Nice. Uh, and you can find that link on one of the status updates on Going Global with Gas Man Facebook page. We have a Stitcher link on that All right, page cool, too, yes. So. And also, uh, you know, Instagram, at Brett Ernst, twi- Twitter, all that stuff. You can just join from my Facebook no, page. I, I mean, from my uh, website. No, I can't believe we went two hours and not talked about the Cowboys. Uh, you know what? <laughs> it, it, it was a catch. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got to yeah. say. Thank God. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it at that. No, no comment on my end. Well, you're Steelers, we'll, go another, right? we'll go another hour. Aren't you Steelers? I'm a Steelers fan. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. hey, they didn't have Levon Bell. What the hell? What you no, do? no, they didn't. I know, that, was, that was a big. That was a big loss. That was a huge loss. <laughs> I know. Man. It was a huge, huge loss. All right, man. Uh, we're out of here. Everyone else out there, have a great afternoon, and you enjoy yourselves. We'll be back on uh, next week. So, bye bye. I don't know what to leave with. How about some music? Put some hip-hop on. Some porn? Uh, you know what? I'll put... Oh, man. I was going to tell you to look up, but you, <laughs> what you can't. No, nah, it's too late, man. Too All late. Right. We'll, we'll, Thanks, go, man. we'll just... Let's make love. <laughs> is this porn or is it not? <laughs>